This is the Christian Bible Study Ministry Podcast, and welcome again to this program. I want to say that I hope that, as always, you are all blessed, and uh, even if you don't think you are, I hope that you realize that, um, even if you might not feel like you're blessed, that you are in some manner, especially if uh, you belong to Jesus Christ already, then you are blessed no matter what's going on in your life or what you may feel like. Um, I just want to say a quick prayer um, through a lot of the stuff that I've been hearing about what's been going on, and especially in my own family. Uh, I know that there's a lot of people out there who are sick, uh, who have or they've lost loved ones and things. So, uh, dear Lord, Father, I just want to pray right now for anybody out there who's listening to this. They are suffering from some kind of sickness or, they are, or they're dealing with grief, you know, the loss of a loved one. There's been many people in my family who are uh, suffering from cancers uh, and maybe other illnesses, uh, and they're dealing with the loss of a loved one, like, you know, a spouse or a father or a mother. These things are very difficult to deal with, and I've been there myself. You know, both of my parents are gone, so I kind of know what that feels like. Uh, I just pray that your hand would be upon them, you know, to comfort them and to guide them in what they need to do. And it's in Jesus' name we pray this. Amen. So, today uh, we will be reading from, or mostly from the book of Ezekiel and it deals with the issue of when you sin or, or excuse me if you sin you will die and so this is a subject it's a topic that I've seen brought up uh, you know when people talk about what happens when a righteous person turns away from their righteousness uh, what does that mean for them uh, as far as their relationship with God? And um, I want to start by saying that uh, one thing, you know, one thing that really came into my mind when uh, researching this topic is a discussion that uh, Peter had with Jesus. And Peter was talking with Jesus, I believe it was during the Last Supper, and Christ, you know, Christ had washed Peter's feet. And Peter objected to that, and he said, Lord, you don't need to wash my feet. And I'm about to try to pull this up here in just a moment. Um, Jesus told him, Excuse me, I had to take a little bit of a break for just a second there. But anyway, uh, just to kind of go back over what we were talking about, Peter objected to Christ washing his feet. And he said, Lord, you don't need to wash my feet. And this is in John, um, excuse me, John chapter 13. And uh, it goes on for several verses. And when you get down to around... Verse 10, Jesus answered Peter and he said, Those who have had a bath 
need only to wash their feet, their whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who, who was going to betray him, and that was why he said not everyone was clean. He's talking about Judas here when he refers to someone who is not clean. All the rest of the, all the rest of the apostles were clean. They had actually received Christ as their Savior and their Lord. So they were fully bathed. It's like they, they had been totally cleansed from their uh, unrighteousness. You know, Jesus had already accredited their faith as righteousness. But Judas, we are told here, uh, did not have a true share in Christ. He was not clean. And so the reason that this came up into my mind when reading this, when studying this passage from Ezekiel, is because it's like we're told here, Jesus says that, you know, those who are truly uh, washed, I will need to wash their feet. And so it's like we get this muck on us when we uh, try to go through this life, you know, and sometimes we kind of wander off the uh, path that we should be on. You know, we get away from doing what the Lord wants us to do and, uh, you know, things creep in and we get dirty. You know, our, our feet get dirty. So this brings us to Ezekiel 18, and we'll start from verse 20 here. And it says, the one who sins is the one who will die. The child will not share the guilt of the parent, nor will the parent share the guilt of the child. The righteousness of the righteousness will be credited to them, and the wickedness of the wicked will be charged against them. So, you know, the sin of each person is uh, answered only by that person. You know, if I do something wrong, I have to answer for it. You know, my parents, you know, whatever sins my parents had, they had to answer for. You know, there is no such thing as group responsibility for an individual sin. You know, we have to answer for our own. You know, the righteousness will, you know, uh, excuse me, the righteous will get their reward and the unrighteous will get their reward. You know, so then we go down to verse 21. We read, But if a wicked person turns away from all the sins they have committed and keeps all my decrees and does what is just and right, that person will surely live. They will not die. And we go down to verse 22. None of the offenses they have committed will be remembered against them. Because of the righteous things they have done, they will live. Verse 23. Do I take any pleasure in the death of the wicked, declares the sovereign Lord? Rather, am I not pleased when they turn from their ways and live? When you become a person who is righteous, you know, when you accept Christ as your Savior, none of the stuff that you did beforehand is even going to be mentioned to you by God. You know, sometimes we have our past uh, pop up to us. This is, you know, and that's either our, our own flesh or it's the enemy bringing it up. You know, you will not die for the sins that you committed before you were saved. Um, none of that stuff will be remembered against him. It's like God has totally wiped it off the books. And uh, God takes no pleasure in the death of anybody. 
I think sometimes maybe some people get the impression that God is a bloodthirsty uh, person, you know, but that's not the case. And, but unfortunately, sometimes death is a punishment that uh, is meted out in this world. You know, you read in the Old Testament where uh, the Lord told the Israelites to go in and basically kill everybody, you know, uh, their neighbors were doing all these horrible things. They were doing, they were doing some stuff like, uh, you know, they were sacrificing their kids to idols. You know, they were burning their kids alive, you know, to their idols like Baal and Moloch and Ashtoreth and these other names. And, uh, so when things like that happen, unfortunately, sometimes it does invite, uh, horrible consequences you know, and then the Lord did not want these people to contaminate his people. So, and the only way that that, the only way that these people could be punished and to ensure that they would not uh, spread their corruption to the Israelites was to tell the Israelites to go in and get rid of everything. You know, it's just like when the flood happened. Um, the Lord warned, the you know, uh, Noah warned, war, <clears throat> excuse me, warned the world for over a century, and people refused to repent, and so the Lord shut everybody, all those eight people, up in the ark, and everybody else outside was drowned. So, unfortunately, it does happen. The Lord does not want it to happen, but it is necessary. Now we go down to verse twenty-four, where it gets. A little more interesting uh, but if a righteous person turns from their righteousness and commits sin and does the same detestable things the wicked person does will they live none of the righteous things that person has done will be remembered because of the unfaithfulness they are guilty and oh, excuse me they are guilty of this excuse me because of the unfaithfulness they are guilty of and because of the sins they have committed they will die um, excuse me. Again, sorry. When a righteous so when a righteous man falls, his past righteousness does not help him. Uh, he will have the consequences of his sin. Uh, now I think uh, Ezekiel thirty three twelve to thirteen elaborates on this, and we will quickly read that here. Okay, I've got it here. We will see now in Ezekiel 33, 12 through 13, it talks about self-righteousness. Therefore, son of man, say to your people, if someone who is righteous disobeys, that person's former righteousness will count for nothing. And if someone who is wicked repents, that person's former, wicked, former, former wickedness will not bring condemnation. The righteous person whose sins will not will not be allowed to live even though they were formerly righteous. If I tell a righteous person that they will surely live, but then they trust in their righteousness and do evil, none of the righteous things that person has done will be, will, will be remembered. They will die for the evil they have done. So here it's talking about a person who 
starts to trust in their own righteousness. And I think it maybe sometimes it could be somebody who says, well, I've done all these good things, you know, uh, nothing really bad is going to happen to me if I do this one thing here, whatever it may be. And that's not the case. Um, and we certainly have seen in, uh, in the New Testament, uh, in Corinthians, where Paul tells the people uh, in his letter that some of those that some of their members have uh, fallen asleep because of their disobedience. You know, the Lord has taken their uh, time on this earth and put it to an end, and so it is a disciplined form that the Lord uses, and I think that's what it's saying here in these passages in Ezekiel, when a righteous person falls, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, and if that sin is not repented of, it can shorten their life here on this earth. And I know some people say, well, this is talking about a spiritual death, you know, but, you know, and I think if you were to only have this by itself, then that might, then you might could really say that that's the case. Uh, but we have the words of Christ, you know, when he was talking talking to Peter, he, again, he told Peter, he said, hey, you're, you and your friends here, you are all clean, but there's one of you who is not. And uh, he said, he told Peter, those who are already washed or bathed, you know, what we would call today saved, these people only need to have their feet washed. They're still clean. So, and, and, and in the process of the Lord's discipline of this people, uh, sometimes, unfortunately, death does happen. And he does not take any pleasure in it, but it's something that is brought about because of our, because of our own behavior. And... I understand there's going to be people who disagree with this. You know, it's a topic that is uh, hotly and it's it's a hotly debated topic and a controversial topic. Uh, but I do believe that this is the correct uh, interpretation of this uh, of these passages here, and so I just want to go ahead and say that before we end here. Uh, if you know that your life is out of step or out of fellowship with the Lord, you know, take today, take this minute right now to say, hey, this has got to stop. I need to get back to where I need to be. You know, it's kind of like the old, the old hymn, uh, Softly and Tenderly, you know, Softly and Tenderly, Jesus is, Jesus is calling, calling, oh, sinner, come home. Um he wants you to be restored to your fellowship with him. And the only way that you can do that is to let him wash your feet. So we will end this now with a prayer. Dear Lord, I just want to pray that if there's anybody out here listening to this program right now, uh, if they are out of fellowship, you know, out of step with you, then I pray that um, they would uh, return to you and or just let them experience uh, the feeling of your hands and of you washing their feet and cleaning the dirt off of them you know 
so that they can have the life that you want them to have. And I pray also that if there's anybody listening to this who is not yours, who does not belong to you, then I pray that they would want to be like uh, someone who is washed, fully bathed, you know, somebody who has been covered, you know, have their sin, have their sins washed away by the blood of Christ. I pray that they would come to faith in you, come to accept you as Savior, and I pray that they would have the life that you would want them to have. And so, Lord, I pray this in Christ's name. Amen.